Welcome to another segment of Buddy Cash. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen, and with me today is a very special friend of mine. I've known him for a few years now, and we've developed a close friendship ever since. This is my buddy, Curtis Newart. Hey, Nick. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm hanging out in Jamestown, New York today in our home with uh, I'm hanging with my husband Robert and our dogs uh, Cole and Dusty, and it's probably about 90 degrees right now. So I've got several different fans going quietly around me so that I can talk to you um, and I can hear you without passing out in the middle of the interview. Right. I'm not making any promises though. <laughs> Just as long as uh, Robert's there to relieve you, you know. So. Yeah. Relieve me, revive me, whatever I might need. Absolutely. <laughs> so tell our tell our buddies about yourself. Well, um, I'm from Canada. I was born in Calgary, Alberta, which is uh, like a little Dallas, Texas in Canada. Uh, I was born during an oil boom. My dad worked in the oil industry, uh, drawing maps for oil companies. And my mom uh, worked in the medical field as a receptionist at emergency clinics. And uh, my brother, he is a teacher at the uh, junior high school that I went to many years ago, of course. And he also uh, plays pool and darts semi-professionally. So uh, he's yeah. very talented and very proud of Jeremy. And uh, I moved to Vancouver in my early 20s. And um, I met a wonderful couple there almost right away. Their names were Thor and Norma. And uh, they took me under their wing. Uh, they were this old Hollywood couple that had retired. They spent most of their uh, careers in Hollywood and uh, New York City. And Thor was the <clears throat> manager of uh, several big named artists in Hollywood, including uh, Debbie Reynolds and uh, Liberace from time to time, uh, Bob Hope from time to time, and Jaja Gabor. Oh, he's told me some good stories. And uh, his wife, Norma McMillan, uh, she was, uh, an actress and a voiceover artist. Uh, she was known for being the voice of Casper the Friendly Ghost and Gumby and uh, Davy from Davy and Goliath. So uh, it was a really cool Hollywood family. And uh, we did lots of projects together in Vancouver over the years. Um, I, I was working as a publicist when I moved to Vancouver and I specialized in arts and entertainment. And uh, so I did that for many years there, and I also worked a, a day job, like most people do, uh, in the arts. Um, I mean, I was doing the publicity full time for a while, but um, at a certain point when a lot of the big Hollywood machines started coming in and uh, filming in Vancouver, they started bringing their own unit publicists. So they weren't looking for to hire locally. So I sort of got pushed out there and um, had to take a day job. Um, I did this uh, terrible job for the government of Canada, but <laughs> I mean, it paid the bills. And uh, I thought to myself at one point, you know, I have all these really good skills at uh, publicizing people and their projects. And I had uh, been a musician since childhood. I, I sang and I played instruments. 
And I thought, why don't I try making it myself in the arts? And so um, I was given an opportunity in about 2006, came into a little bit of money. And I originally was going to put a down payment on a, a condo in, in uh, Vancouver. But at the time, it was $500,000 for about six, six or 700 square feet. So I thought, you know, that's ridiculous. So instead, I decided to build a home recording studio. And I released my first album called Exploits in a Modern World. And it had some really odd success stories, you know, in Montreal and in Europe and Russia, just weird sort of pockets of success. And uh, moved, moved down to Montana uh, five years ago to marry my wonderful husband, Robert, who I met on Facebook. And uh, here we are now another five years down the road living in Jamestown, New York. Nice. Nice. What brought you guys to Jamestown, if you don't mind me asking? Well, a few things. Um, because of the success of my second album, Rock the Chandeliers, in 2018, I wanted to be closer to New York City and Toronto. And Jamestown was perfect, right in the middle here. Um, and Robert is a distant cousin of Lucille Balls. and uh, Or Lucille Ball, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he'd always wanted to come visit here, and uh, we thought, why not? And uh, we, well, another contributing factor was it was the cheapest real estate in the States, pretty much. Nice. And uh, we thought, you know, let's, let's ha have an adventure. And so we uh, fixed up our house in Superior and sold it and moved here in, in our in our uh, Titan 4x4, pulling just uh, one little U-Haul of our best treasures. Nice. We got a question from the audience, if you don't mind just asking. Do you play any instruments? Well, I can poorly. <laughs> I, um, when I was growing up, I played uh, the organ. Okay, so I can play keys. I compose on keyboards. And I played the tuba for a couple of years in junior high school. I picked it because it was the biggest instrument. And, you know, I just wanted that attention from a young age. But I really paid for it because every Friday we had to take our instruments home. And I was bussed mm. to and from school. So by the time I got to the bus every Friday afternoon, I was the last kid on and the only seat left would be at the back of the bus. So the kids thought it was hilarious that they would trip me and I would stumble through the bus all the way to the back seat. So, um, yeah, I suppose I could play the tuba if um, if someone dared me at a bar and there happened to be a tuba there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I played around with the guitar and uh, I, that's a hard one for me because uh, I find it really difficult to think left hand, right hand. So maybe I should just play the bongo drums. <laughs> but, uh, I, I have a couple of electric guitars hanging up here for when my uh, musician friends come over and we want to jam, so. Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, tell me about your album. You have a really good hit album called Rock the Chandelier. Tell me a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Well, Rock the Chandeliers uh, was the album that I always wanted to make. <coughs> Excuse me. 
um, my, my first album, Exploits in a Modern World, uh, was a lot about um, societal, societal statements, like about uh, parents and church and school. And, you know, so a lot of sort of political statements and it's just where I was at that time and it wasn't the fun album that I wanted to do. So Rock the Chandeliers for me was uh, inspired by one of my uh, biggest mentors, Cindy Lauper, who I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with. And uh, it was inspired by her first album, She's So Unusual. And for me, I wanted that to be a lot of, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of dance music using some synth from the 80s to give it that real 80s feel. So uh, Robert, who co-produced it with me, we sat down with um, a producer in Montana and I told him my vision and uh, he put together some tracks and I compared them to some of the songs that I had written and we matched them together and then developed them from there. And uh, it was a fun project. Uh, it was very successful. It was more successful than I thought it would be. Um, it went to number 43 on the college radio charts in North America in the fall of 2018. And it was played uh, on over 100 stations across America. Wow. Wow. Now, um, ooh, we'll actually get to that question, Katie, soon. Just, um, Katie is asking a question here soon, but I'll pull it up because it's one of my questions. So, you know, one of my favorite songs on that album is actually Superhuman. And I find it very relevant today with all the stuff that's going on. You actually told me an inspirational message about that song. Could you tell our audience about it? Uh, hopefully it's the same one. <laughs> same message I told you. Yeah. Uh, I wrote Superhuman uh, for my husband, Robert, because uh, at the time that I met him in Montana, he was an EMT and a volunteer firefighter and a 911 dispatcher. And so he had dedicated pretty much his entire professional adult life uh, to helping people. And I thought that was just amazing. And uh, I have to tell you one funny little part really cemented it for me. Uh, <laughs> our, our house in Superior, when I first arrived, and he had just shortly uh, purchased it prior, had this old rickety uh, wheelchair ramp. And uh, we had intended to take it out, but uh, didn't get around to it. And then when winter came, developed a slick of ice on it. And I was walking up to the door one day and I slipped and I fell and I hurt myself. And Robert got so mad, so mad, so mad, that he ripped this entire like eight foot long wheelchair ramp out of the ground, away from the house and chucked it over to the garbage pile. And I'd never really seen such a display of superhumanness, especially <laughs> from him to that part. So I wow. thought I'd write a song about him. This is my superhuman. Yeah, absolutely. That was a Hulk moment right there, you know? It was. I think his <laughs> shirt actually ripped. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Katie brings up a good question here. Your sister-in-law, you know, and I was going to ask her this a little bit too. What's Lopperland about? 
I can hey, see Katie. The, I can see the poster in the background too. Yeah, uh, Katie Kenyon. Hi, Katie. Hi, Mike. Uh, Katie is my sister-in-law. She's uh, living in Vermont. Uh, she moved there from Montana several months ago, mm -hmm. and uh, her husband, uh, my brother-in-law, Mike, uh, joined her not too long ago. Anyhow, hi, Katie. So, uh, Lopperland uh, is the world's largest Cindy Lopper fan site, and it was originated back in the mid nineties by um, a fellow in Belgium named uh, Jean-Luc, Jean-Marc Pierreprez, excuse me. And uh, it was very successful. It had millions and millions of viewers. And at one point it was Cindy's official website. And uh, she used it as her official website for a couple of years until Sony, her record label, decided to go with something sleeker that matched all of their other artists. And so they sort of archived it. And a couple of years ago, I thought, you know, we should bring that back to life. She really had a resurgence in popularity after the success of Kinky Boots on Broadway and worldwide. And uh, so I talked to John Mark and he said, take it please with my blessings. I hope it's successful, have a great time. So we, Robert, and I uh, brought it back from the archives, which was a very uh, painstaking process because uh, a lot of images, most of the images were lost. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, so we had to do a lot of piecing together. Robert spent hundreds and hundreds of hours working on this project. Very grateful to him for that. And we brought uh, 10, uh, people on board, uh, we call them stage managers. They were essentially, uh, we gave a major section of the website to each of these Cindy Lauper experts in their different fields. So we have uh, one person in charge of TV and movies, one person in charge of concerts, one person in charge of her movie credits and TV credits. And uh, we launched it in January of last year. And uh, it's been very successful. We do monthly interviews with uh, people who are in Cindy's circle, uh, her uh, former makeup artist, hairstylist, her current hairstylist, uh, collaborators, fellow musicians, uh, Rob Hyman from the Hooters who co-wrote Time After Time with her uh, and who is currently working on a big uh, project with her for Broadway. We just recently um, interviewed him and we've, just uh, last week added the Cindy Lauper Library, which uh, is out of Lansing, Michigan, and it's by a gentleman by the name of Shan Maggard. He has what we believe the world's largest collection of uh, Cindy Lauper magazines and publications. And uh, he keeps them in excellent condition uh, at his home in Michigan. And so he's digitized it so that uh, we have it on loan uh, to Lopperlands. And so anyone who's, even if you're not a fan or even if you just know girls just want to have fun or true colors, there's a lot of really cool stuff there from the 80s and a lot of stuff that you may not have known she's done over the years. And it's a really fun website, Lopperland.com. Absolutely. Lopperland.com. So what other social media sites? I know you've got a bunch of Facebook pages that you pride yourself over. Um, what other pages do you have that you would like to give a mention about? Well, um, 
I've, I've got my own uh, personal Facebook page and I've got my music Facebook page. And then I've got, of course, Lopperland and uh, New Art Photography, which uh, is a small project that uh, Robert and I are trying to develop in Jamestown. And uh, then, of course, there's Janie. Uh, Janie stands for Jamestown Area Entertainment New York. And uh, when I came here, I used it uh, as a listings place to gather all of the uh, theater and live music and uh, all that sort of uh, wonderful things that the artists in Jamestown are doing. And uh, then Robert and I would go and uh, photograph these people during their events some of them, not all of them, and we would do photo essays, uh, write them up and uh, give them a little bit of exposure that way. And mm -hmm. so that's something that I'm very much looking forward to resuming uh, once things are back to quasi-normal. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what else do you have coming up? Like, what are, are you currently working on anything right now or um, like any new albums or any new songs, anything like that? Well, I had been uh, collaborating with some very talented uh, local musicians, uh, trying to put together a stage show. And uh, then we started working on songs for a new album. But then uh, when we went into lockdown, that sort of all went on the, the back burner. And uh, I haven't really felt um, the inspiration for the new album yet. Uh -huh. um, so uh, I've been throwing myself into uh, my work on our various log, uh, um, our various websites, and uh, we've got this great old house that we've got here in Jamestown from 1924 or 25, and uh, it's an ongoing project. So, uh, as you know, thanks for your help. Absolutely. Uh, as as you know, we're uh, busy painting and. Uh, refinishing and replacing appliances and uh, doing all sorts of fun things around the house. And then of course, we've got our lovely puppers, uh, Dusty and Cole, come here guys, who keep us busy and we love them to death. We take them to the doggy park, the bark park. Aww. Here's Dusty, here's Dusty Bum. Hi, hi everybody. Hi buddy. I'm Dusty Bum. <laughs> Dusty is about 13 or 14 years old. Wow. And uh, we inherited him from an old friend of Robert's who uh, passed away three years ago. And then Cole, we got little Cole bomb over here. Come here, Cole. Cole uh, came into our lives. Uh, <laughs> Cole came into our life last year uh, from a friend of ours in Jamestown who uh, was looking at moving and uh, just had one too many pets. So we got little Cole Bum here. Hi, everybody. I'm Cole. He, he's uh, a lot like me, personality-wise, and Dusty's a lot like Robert. Uh, Dusty's a real charmer, just like Robert, and this guy is a loud mouth. So whenever we go to the park, he goes after he goes after all the bigger dogs. He doesn't care how big they are. And right? He's our little brave guy, and he walks around the house like this, he walks around the house like he's a linebacker and he hunches his shoulders out and he hunches them forward. And uh, so he's a real little 
he's he's my little bodyguard. I call him my little guard. It's like what Mark Twain says. It's not the size of the dog. It's the size of the fight inside of him, you know? Is that right? Yeah, I've heard that yeah. before. I didn't know it was him who said that. That's, yep. That's a good saying. Absolutely. Ooh, there's my fan. Mm -hmm. So let me ask you, when you write a new song, when you like when you're in the process of writing, could you explain that a little bit? Like how you find your inspiration, how long it takes you usually to get to like the finished product and everything like that? Well, uh it's it's been different for me. Uh <laughs> There's so many different ways to write a song. You can start out with the rhyme in your head and put it on paper and try to develop that. Or uh, in my case, generally speaking, it's um, an issue that I want to speak about. Um, and I'll start uh, usually by um, brainstorming. So and for anyone who's not brainstormed, you just take your idea and you write it in the middle of a piece of paper and you circle it and then you know, you write down all the associated words as they pop into your head. It's always best for me to do this with a writing partner. Uh, Robert did that with me a lot for Rock Chandeliers. And uh, then you can find the music for it. Or uh, like I briefly touched on earlier um, with our uh, producer, Jacob Wing in Montana, he I described the sounds that I wanted and then he would send me the files through Dropbox and I would listen to them and see which of my uh, uh, rough drafts sort of matched that sound. And uh, like I said, it's it can come together a lot of different ways. Uh, like uh, in some groups, uh, the words are done exclusively by one member and then the music is composed by another member uh, and I'm open to all of those uh, sorts of ideas and uh, songwriting can take anywhere from an hour to um, a year I've had I've got some songs uh, on my phone here that I've probably had for three or four years that I've been working on Wow absolutely so would you say this pandemic, you know, we're all in that with this crazy time right now. Would you say it's helped you with your work or definitely like affected you like most people today? Well, it's really just in, in my particular situation, I got a cold in early January, got mm -hmm. better for four or five days and then got a different type of cold right back right on top of the first one so i've been uh quarantining if you will or sheltering in place since january so it's been a full six months that i've been stuck indoors now granted i've got a lot of space so i'm not complaining and i've got lots of cool stuff to play with uh, lots of movies i've got my home recording studio but um, I just haven't felt inspired to uh, write anything. Um, seems like I'm wasting a lot of time, unfortunately, on social media, which isn't good because it gets my blood pr pressure through the roof, mm -hmm. as you can imagine. But I'm a news junkie, so I like to stay up on what's happening around the world. And it's really hard to 
see any of that news without reading all the bad political stuff that comes along with it. And uh, so at this time, I'm just I'm just not feeling I'm just not feeling a new album. I'm not feeling the new song. But as uh, restrictions ease up and social gatherings are uh, more acceptable and safer, I look forward to hanging out with my friends from um, the local Jamestown uh, arts community and uh, surrounding areas. We've got a lot of talented people in Rochester and Buffalo. And uh, I got to give a shout out to my, my local peeps that I look forward to seeing and working with, Malcolm Hat Murphy and the Hollow Society. So you guys, I haven't forgotten about you and we're gonna have to have some barbecue. We'll have some barbecue and drinks and jam and make some new music when this is all over. If it's, if it's all over, you know. Mm -hmm. You're forgetting about it, buddy. <laughs> right. Uh -huh. well, oh yeah, you of course. <laughs> so which instrument do you play? I don't play any instruments. I was just saying we'd have to catch up and hang out, you know? Okay, well, I do have a bongo here and a couple of maracas, so. I can do that. Yeah, I'm sure you'll be fine. Absolutely. Another request from the audience. Would you ever consider doing a song for, like, your mother-in-law or, like, any family members by chance? Uh, well, sure. Um, I mean, if I, I've never really been asked to do a particular song for someone except you you asked me once <laughs> right yeah we talked about that i've still got um, some ideas for you what's that i still got a few ideas for you yeah so i mean i'm always open to different options and mm -hmm. concepts um hopefully they would fit into a broader sort of uh broader sort of picture like uh I don't know if it would have to fit into an album in in a way. Yeah, I I, I, I can't. I don't really picture myself just doing one-offs as sort of novelty songs. But you know, I'm open to pretty much a yeah. lot of different ideas. So if someone ever like brought a song idea to you, you'd be open to it, depending on what it is, or like you're always open to for suggestions. Oh sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, who knows? Uh, I might scrap all the songs that are currently in my uh, saved folder and start fresh uh, once things hopefully get a little bit uh, more normalized. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, there's got to be something creative that comes out of this mess. There's, oh, I've never experienced anything like this in my life, uh, and most of us haven't uh, yeah. under, under the age of, what, 80? <laughs> I mean... So we'll see. Yeah, absolutely. We got another question from the audience. At what age did you start writing your own songs? Oh, I think I was uh, fairly young. I would I would make up silly songs around the fire. Um, I started singing in uh, grade one uh, in choir. I remember the first songs that. Uh, I sang uh, was uh, the first song was "Bless the Beasts and the Children," and I remember another one, um, "Sourwood Mountain." Uh, Roosters crowing on Sourwood Mountain, holy um dee Italy day. So many pretty girls you can't count them, holy um dee Italy day. 
And uh, what else? Uh, there was uh, fascinating rhythm, you've got me on the go. Fascinating rhythm, you've got me so. So uh, I would take those bits and pieces. And then when our family would get together at the cabin in the summertime, I'd piece those together. I would do a little bit of scat, you know, do a little cha-cha, ha-di-da-di-da <laughs> with, with my hilarious family members and play off of them. So uh, yeah, I didn't really seriously start writing uh, my own songs for uh, recording though until uh, 2006. Nice. So let me ask you, is it easier for you to create lyrics or rhythm in a lot of cases? Like, is it easier for you to create the music to it or is it easier for you to create words than music? Oh, for, for me, it's words. Uh, I'm a writer and as I mentioned earlier, I was a publicist for many years. Uh, English is uh, one of my favorite subjects. So uh, I'm all about the lyrics and then uh, almost exclusively, I collaborate with someone else to put together, uh, compose the song. Um, although um, I am uh, doing a lot of stuff composing on keyboards, I mentioned a little earlier. And uh, my, my first album, Exploits in a Modern World, uh, it was a really crazy time to put it together. Um, I was, uh, with someone at the time and I decided that I wanted to release an album and uh, we were on a deadline because I wanted to be in this uh, huge parade with uh, over a million people uh, in attendance. And so that was our deadline. So we had two months and I decided to go out and buy the best quality uh, software that I could, which is Pro Tools which is very difficult to learn. You basically have to have an engineering degree in order to use this. Um, so we not only installed it, which was a huge task, we learned how to use the loops and all the different plugins. And uh, my, so my first album was essentially a lot of loops and I did add a few flourishes on the keyboards. But uh, yeah, that, that was, uh, an interest, very interesting time. For those uh, musicians who might be listening and who have their own home recording software, you might be able to appreciate how insane it is when you try and set all the stuff up. Because what happens is it sort of tries to grab the different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the, the plugins, they, uh, Never mind. That's a whole other lesson. We'll go there some other time. <laughs> Absolutely. So I always ask all my buddies who come on the show for this. For anyone out there who's looking to become a songwriter, looking to, you know, have an album, looking to just make it out in the music industry, what is your advice to them? Well, uh, be prepared to invest a lot of time. And money, depending on uh, the level of uh, success that you want to accomplish, I still think that uh, the best way uh, to find success as a musician is to uh, develop your instrument, whether it's your voice or uh, playing the guitar or playing the keyboards and go out 
to uh, as many uh, clubs, bars, open mics, uh, go out all the time. Uh, this is something that I uh, never really had the time for, unfortunately, because I was working full time, uh, either as a publicist or for the Canadian government. But uh, almost all of the very successful artists that I know uh, make a habit of getting out there and performing four or five times a week and just jamming all the time and uh, make use of social media. I think most up-and-coming musicians are uh they they've got uh, reverb nation and uh, band camp and all sorts of those wonderful sorts of platforms to promote yourself and uh for someone like myself who i consider more of a recording artist than a touring musician uh get to know your pro tools get to know your software uh work online with other people it's wonderful that uh, you're able to share ideas back and forth uh with uh with apps like um uh dropbox and uh i think uh just collaborate with as many talented people as you can and be open and receptive to uh constructive criticism absolutely absolutely Alrighty, any final comments, anything you want to add to mention, talk about? Well, I hope you're doing well. I've seen these these interviews that you're doing are insane. I mean, I had no idea how many you have done so far. And the caliber of guests that you're getting is really impressive. Um, really? The one you were mentioning to me yesterday that's coming up. Is, is that a secret or have you told secret? Okay, we'll wait for that one. But I'm very happy for you. I'm very happy for you and Jessica. I, um, I'm happy that you and your family are doing well during this time. Absolutely. And uh, I just would ask that people uh, try and be smart. Uh, wear a mask. Hmm? Most wear, definitely. Wear, wear your mask when you're going out. <laughs> Stay six feet apart. Uh, make sure you vote on November 3rd. If you're not registered to vote, uh, register and uh, really use your mind and use your brain and think about the future and the future of our children uh, when you vote. Absolutely. Absolutely. Alrighty. Stick around. Afterwards, stick around a little bit afterwards. We'll catch up. Okay. But for all my buddies out there, this is my good buddy, Curtis Newart. You know, tell Robert I said hi. Where is Robert? Come on, Robert. Come on, come say hi. Hi, guys. There's a mess. These are my good buddies, Robert and Curtis. You can find them in Jamestown, or you know, like they've got multiple albums up. They got a bunch of things on Facebook, a bunch of Facebook pages that I follow. So, by all means, and thank you guys so much for. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. It was a blast having you. Like I said, stick around afterwards. We'll chat for a minute. Okay. To all my buddies out there, thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Nick Sorensen. And remember, like I always say, go out and be someone's buddy today. We'll catch you next time on BuddyCast. Bye.